So okay, so that lo- it looks good. I, I mean, cool. I don't know how it how it is for you, but you got light on you. It's almost nice because it kind of illuminates one side of your face more. It looks very artistic, kind of. Yeah, almost you know, looks like like a like a cologne ad from the early '90s, where it's all yeah. like, "You do you want to be mysterious? Wear yeah. this cologne from France. It's yeah. called Le, Le Petit Smelly Guy. <laughs> Le Petit Smelly Guy." something like I remember, that there's a it's funny there's a um like piss take um perfume a cologne commercial on one of the radio stations in san andreas uh-huh. and it's just like it's just an advert for like other people's sweat it's like it's real sweat get <laughs> yeah. those pheromones raging nothing gets a woman wilder than a sweaty man <laughs> i mean uh, they if they marketed it right, that shit would sell. I mean, I'm pretty sure some much some outlets do. <laughs> much much like these cranked and ranked mugs that you can buy if you go to the YouTube store and it says peanut butter platypus on the other side. You can it's perfectly it's a perfect cup for drinking coffee, as I am yeah. doing now. Or you can drink tea. I mean, I guess you can or, drink anything you wanted to out of this. Or you can use it to keep your pens in. Yeah. Multi-purpose. Like seriously, purpose. It is worth the money just because of this. In fact, just buy two or three of them because one can be for coffee, one can be for pens, the other one can be for I don't know paper clips. Just you know, go hog wild. You're worth it. Treat yourself. Yeah. Um. Hell anyway, yeah. hi, welcome to Cranked and Ranked. Um. This is uh uh, uh uh oh yeah, that's what it is. This is the podcast slash YouTube show where me and my friend Eddie Sparks we rank. Uh, band discographies most of the time. We do other stuff too, but a lot of ranking and a lot of very long and drawn out discussions about music. So where some people, and used to be me as well, I'm like, I'm going to rank these albums and we're going to do this in 20 minutes. Uh, we're kind of like the the Lord of the Rings version of that. Where it's <laughs> director's cut. Yeah. It's the director's cut where it's, where there's just, we go on and on. And, um, and the uh, artist we're going to be doing, this is part one um, is mm. very special. Before we get into that, I'm, I'm old head. Thank you for being here with me as always. Eddie Sparks. A. Yeah, that was a good one. And yeah. I, 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 nobody, the A is kind of like gone away. People used to do it all the time, but now, mm. It's like it's like a it's a thing of the past. I'm glad that you're keeping it alive. Well, you know, I feel like it's it's time to bring it back. Bring back the A. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the artists that we're doing, it's a two parter because they have a lot of albums. Yeah. Um, but it's very near and dear to Eddie's heart because uh, it's the band Heart. Yep. Um, which is. Essentially, you know, Anne and Nancy Wilson and whoever they have playing with them, because um, mm. really they are the heart of heart, um, mm. which is what every but which is why I've always thought it's interesting that they never decided to just call themselves Wilson or, or something like that. I, I, I like heart. I like heart. Speaking from the heart. I like yes. heart. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, so Eddie really likes Heart. I before this episode had never listened to a Heart album all the way through any album. Wow. Okay. So I had heard a, a whole lot of their songs over the years, and and I know a good chunk of them very well uh, from you know rock radio and MTV back in the day and all kinds of stuff. But this is my first time really going in, and I went chronologically and listened to all of their albums and got to experience. Uh, the different eras of of heart and um yeah. and uh you know i have thoughts but you know the, and uh but, but that's what that's why we're here um but we normally talk about where a, a band came into our lives before we begin the ranking and honestly i don't remember the first time i heard heart because i i'm assuming it was sometime in the 80s i i know I know for a fact, um, what's the, God, what's the song? There's a song from, I think it's from Bad Animals that was on the radio a lot. Like, not just, ro- like, you know, we, at that point, we didn't have rock radio stations in Austin, hmm. Texas. We had, you, you listened to Top 40, and they had a song that was huge on the Top 40. Now I feel now I feel bad that I don't remember the name of that song. Um, oh, it's a fucking alone, of course. <laughs> alone, all over the fucking radio. Um, I thought and then, you were going to say something like "There's the girl" or something a little deeper. <laughs> no, it's like no, the no, it's alone. <laughs> it's alone. And then these dreams. These dreams was another one that I remember hearing all the time on the radio. So that yeah. was probably my my beginning was probably not even mtv because in the in the 80s i watched some mtv but i got a lot more into it late 80s early 90s so i'm pretty sure it was just me in my room with my radio on listening to like the top 20 of the day and heart had songs in the top 20 so that was probably the beginning of it and i remember i had a neighbor friend uh that lived next door when i was when i was a kid and she had the third the third heart album which which the name escapes me right now little queen little queen and i just remember taking a look at the cover and being like i don't want to fucking listen to this this is is (laughs) stupid as shit um so i so i never listened to it uh but uh but you know eventually i heard those songs so your so i mean for those of you who might be new i did gain a good number of followers recently because i Whenever you do a video about the Beatles and literally everybody in the world comes to your yeah. fucking channel. So if you're new, thank you for being here. And this is one of the things that I normally do. Um, so I was born in 1978. Eddie was born in 1998. Yep. Correct. And so our experiences are a little bit different. Um, so uh, it's always interesting to hear where Eddie first heard a band because a lot of times it's a video game. But I don't know if Heart is, is it. Are they in like rock band or anything like that? This is one of those San Andreas bands from GTA oh, San Andreas. They yep. are in San Andreas. Okay. Okay. Barracuda is on KDST, which is of course, the. Of course classic, it is. Why did I. Rock. Why? Why? Yeah. Why, yeah. You can't have a rock radio station without Barracuda. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, I mean, I remember hearing that song for the first time. And being like, "Ooh, I yeah. like this. It's good. It's got those like chugging triplets in it, which you know, 
for for a kid who was like introduced to metal through thrash like heart's not a metal band like the closest they came was their like 80s era um but I mean, hearing Barracuda and hearing those but also those like really cool like harmonic sort of things going on. It was just like a it was a really cool sound where I was like, oh, this is what the 70s sounds like. See, the interesting thing for me with that song is that the thing that hooked me wasn't the guitar at first. I really enjoy people that can write really great vocal lines that kind of go in different places over a very simple riff. So it's like, yeah, in the police sting did that a lot. There's a lot of artists that can get away with doing it. What I think is, is a beautiful thing. And just that first line, how it's literally one note, but she's doing the, it's like that, that vocal line. I was just like, that's, that's awesome. Because you know, Mm. As a songwriter, you I look at those kind of things and I look at other people who are fucking lazy with writing vocal lines. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's just like, how did that come out of their brain? Like, this is how it needs to go over this one note that we're playing. I mean, it's, I love it. It's still very cool to me today. Yeah. Yeah. I remember just being floored by it. Just thinking what a cool song. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time I was a lot, uh, I was into heavier bands than Heart at the time, so it, yeah. it took me a few years to get around to the rest of their catalog. But something I'd never kind of put two and two together with was that this Heart was the same Heart that did Alone yeah. and These Dreams, and all of these songs that I knew from the radio that I just never connected. And then, I, and then one day I was like, "Oh my god, this is all the same band! Holy shit!" They've got an absolutely stacked catalog catalog of songs. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah, and um, that's and that's why we're here. We're here mm-hmm. for uh, to go through the catalog. So this will be the bottom seven. So the weird thing is that they they have fifteen proper heart albums, but I remember mm-hmm. I got tripped up because one of them on Wikipedia refers to it as a thirteenth when it's the twelfth, and I'm like, well, what album are they counting as the twelfth? Yeah. Is it lo- Love Mongers? Is that being counted as a heart album? Yeah, because it, it, it that's a weird one. That's the Christmas one where it's like Heart presents a Love Mongers Christmas. And it's like the the, the side project got kind of I, I definitely feel like it was a people are gonna pick this up more likely if it's got the heart logo on it, I would got imagine. It. Yeah. Like, which we, and, and which we won't be talking about that album, but that's fine because for the Christmas episode this year, we will be talking about rock and metal Christmas albums. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that Eddie will bring Love Monger's Christmas to the table, um, along with hope, hopefully some green, uh, green bean casserole, um, some <laughs> sweet potatoes. Um, it, you know what the funny thing some is York, about like some Yorkshire puddings. I don't. Know, like, I'm in America. I'm not. <laughs> I don't. Dude, what's a that, what's a Yorkshire it, pudding? It's like if you had, it's basically like a, like a batter, like a batter bowl for your gravy. It's just. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's not, it's not a pastry. It's like, 
It's hard to explain. Look it so up real you're, quick. So you're essentially pouring, but you put the gravy in it, and it gets kind of mushy, and then you eat it like, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's sounds good to me. It's it's very functional for the Christmas roast dinner, and yeah, wow. you ever nice. heard of what, what? Uh, to- Toad in the Hole? You ever heard that? <laughs> that sounds gross. No, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's it's literally like if you took like two bangers, like uh, sausages. Mm-hmm. And that those are in a big Yorkshire pudding. That's that's what it's that's what that is. So it's that, it's basically sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real good. Like it's well, one of those like English things that has a stupid name but is really yeah. good. <laughs> like, Stay tuned for more in conversations like that on our Christmas episode, which will come out closer to Christmas. That's what's um, great about this show: entirely different perspectives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah oh because wow. I was gonna say like I look forward to the sides of Christmas dinners more than actual meat, like hmm, whether yeah. it's turkey or ham or whatever's being made, that's fine. But it's ever it's all the other dishes are the ones that I get the most excited about. It's not the it's not the whatever the meat is. Anyway, so back to back to the meat of this episode, heart. Mm-hmm. So, um, the bottom seven is what we're talking about today, which means our yes. least favorite up to almost the middle. And then the next time we come back with part two, we'll talk about those. But um, I, I feel like we should just, let's just get, let's just get shit started. I mean, I already, mm-hmm. I already told you I went through chronologically. So um, a, a, a lot of what I'll be saying will be referring to my feelings going through 15 albums mm-hmm. and my thoughts along the way. Um, but, uh, but as usual, I'm gonna throw it over to Eddie to start it off with, with what quite possibly might be our joint 15, um, might be, let's find out. Okay. So this was a tricky one for me because there's an album here that does commit kind of the ultimate sin of cranked and ranked. However, there is a stipulation this episode that, for the for possibly the first time a re-recorded album isn't the bottom pick oh shit okay but it 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 was saved by the fact it had three originals on it that were new that were really good so i was like my my james hetfield and james (laughs) hetfield and james hetfield is on one of the tracks always helps yeah um but my number 15 in terms of if I was going to put any album at the bottom, I want to say this right out of the gate. I think every heart album is good in some way. Yes. But a- Ann Wilson, if you're watching, Eddie yeah. loves all heart albums. Mm-hmm. So give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> Did I come on too strong? Do you think? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah, Anne is a Anne's a powerhouse of a singer. Just amazing vocalist. Yes, amazing yeah, yeah. has has always been on top of on top of her game. Um, yeah, but yeah, my number fifteen ended up being Jupiter's Darling from two thousand and four. Okay, Jupiter's Darling. What? Th- yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And my reason for this is is that the album's really long. And it it's very long for the type of album 
it is for me because that kind of era of production is kind of my least favorite era like you know yeah. i remember the i remember the 2000s fondly in terms of being a kid but in terms of like music production that's like probably my least least favorite era in terms of album uh, sounding especially as we've seen when we've done discographies of artists that started in the 80s or 70s and they're still trying to do albums in the early 2000s they all suffered some sort of weird overthinking what the either that or there they didn't have as much money but i i don't know there's like there's something about older bands recording albums in the early 2000s where it's just it's always really bland sounding yeah. I feel like their music translates better to, you know, more of the old school style of production. Yeah. But, like, I feel like even their, you know, 2010s releases sound, you know, sound better. But, you know, this album kind of blends a post-grunge edge with their older, you know, folk rock kind of leanings, you know, mm -hmm. which, you know inevitably results in an album that sounds very early 2000s mm -hmm. all the performances are excellent you know there is there's no heart album that's poorly performed it's always spot on um i like it and i wouldn't necessarily call any heart album bad and almost every album on this list tends to fluctuate in its placing according to whatever mood i'm in mm -hmm. however you know as a result of it being 16 songs in length, 18 on some editions is just Ugh. way too long for how it sounds to my ears. And yeah, like even there are moments all over this album where I'm like, oh, that was tasty. But it's just brought down by the fact it's about <laughs> six to eight songs too long, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, affected my enjoyment of it. But all in all, I still think on a on a scale of about like five stars, I'd still give it a three because um, I still, you know, had several moments on it where I thought, oh, yeah, me likey. Yeah. Okay. That being said, though, something had to go at the bottom. Yes. And it being the one 2000s album, I kind of saw that coming. <laughs> I... uh uh, so yeah, I, I stuck with my gut for number fifteen, which is "Beautiful Broken." First off, awful title um, from twenty sixteen. Uh, I don't know if James Hetfield came up with that title because he's a co-writer on that song, but it is that is yeah, <laughs> that's like that is teenage poetry kind of shit right there. <laughs> um, but this is this was already going to be low because it's re-recordings or uh, as some places have put reimaginings of their songs, which eh, that's, you know, whatever, that's fine. But I don't like re-recordings of songs. Um, the thing that also put it at the end for me was that I, I it's modern production because it's 2016. So of course, mm. For some weird ass reason, there's pitch correction on Ann Wilson's vocals. Uh, yeah, and that's that's it, she is one of 
like she definitely doesn't need pitch correction. I, but even if even if she's a little bit off, like it sounds better as a natural voice. And I, and I, when I'm saying pitch correction, it doesn't sound like T Pain. I understand that, hmm. but I can hear. It's still that, too perfect. It, it really bothers me when that stuff is used in a way that the producer doesn't know how to mask it or make it blend naturally with the voice if you have to use it. Because there's ways to do that. A lot of artists do. But I kept hearing it, and I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. Um, so the fact that the first song is co-written and, and features James Hetfield didn't save it. Um, mm. So, it, and it's... Yeah, it's just it's a whatever album for me, but I, I just I couldn't uh, at this point I was to, you know, to be fair, you know, I love a lot of what Hart did. But by this album, I was ready to be done <laughs> because <laughs> if things in the 2000s with them for me got a little bit. A little bit uh, old people rock and um, I know they're old people. I get it. Um <laughs> But you know, to be fair, like you know, I, I'm I'm 45. I'm no spring chicken. I'm not I'm not old technically, as a lot of people point out. People come and, and come come <laughs> to my channel for the first time. You're I'm old. You're not old. I've never understood somebody arguing with me that they're older, and I'm just like, why is that? That's not a good thing. You're going to die first. You get that right? <laughs> I'm unless, unless of course I get some sort of horrible illness. But but chances are. The person coming at me being like, I know more because I'm older. I'm like, cool, you're going to know what death is like first, too. So um, have fun with that. But anyway, we need some sort of like we need some sort of like soundbite of like wrestler entrance music, whatever you go off on a rant like that. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just it's just so fascinating to me, the things that people get annoyed with. Yeah, and that's one thing where people like. People want to let you know that they're old. And I'm yeah. just like, I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to do that yet. I mean, I and call I'm tired myself, of those flaps on coffee lids. You don't want to spill your coffee, then you shouldn't be driving with it. <laughs> I Sorry, mean, that, was a, that was a South Park quote. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, was that Larry the Cable Guy? Like, who, who was that? Everybody's, I think that's Jimbo. I, I, oh. I think, yeah, the, the hunter. That's, that's his name, isn't it? I, th yeah. I think so. Yeah, but it's coming right for us. <laughs> anyway, in, in case anybody's wondering, the, the, the name Old Head is uh, kind of tongue in cheek, also kind of legit in other ways. Um, it's I mean, it's, it'll, it'll only ever get more accurate. But yes, like <laughs> yes, yes. But but the, the, the idea was that I started doing this stuff when I turned 40 mm. and I was like and I already had a view where I liked older music more than newer music. So I already fit the quote unquote old head um, idea, but I thought it was funny to be like, Oh, I'm 40. I'm old now. And so it was kind of like one yeah. of those things where I was just like, ah, I'm old head. There you go. Perfect. Um, but uh, you know, it's too layered for most folk. I think anyway, beautiful <laughs> broken uh, is not, it's, it's fine. It's not enjoyable. And when people do albums like that, it makes me feel because like Beautiful Broken was like a leftover track from their previous album that like, I don't mm. know if it was recorded at the same time or not, but it was like included as like an extra track. And then. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was re-recordings as well until I, until I, you know, started listening and I was like, this sounds familiar. And then I was like, hang on. Oh, 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 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just not it's not my cup of tea. Something like that, especially when going through uh, a discography. Um, the thing that interests me about artists is how their what they do, performances, songwriting, everything else, how that evolves and where they go with it. If you're revisiting old stuff, it's not very interesting to me, um, even if you do something slightly different with it. So, you know, there you go. Beautiful Broken, number 15. Cool. I, I'm going to jump straight off of that because my number 14 is Beautiful Broken. All right. Um, and it's also the one with James Hetfield on it, as we as we said on you know Beautiful Broken, and they like they the called s- him they called him up and they were like James, do you want to do a song with Hart? And he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that never gets old, man. Like the, the, <laughs> like, like you know the 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 whole like s- snare on Saint Anger. Fuck that. We need to we need to we need more yeah yeahs. Like I love you it. know, yeah, yeah, it's good. I like that. I just, I just <laughs> honestly, he doesn't do he doesn't do enough of of those anymore in the way that I used to like them because he would do a lot of them where sometimes I wouldn't even know what he was saying, and I yeah. miss I miss those because now I feel like he's older and they're much more pronounced when he says yeah. It's more, very it's more of a yeah, and I'm all like, no, we want it to be like weird, like yeah. nowadays we have now guys remember we're all part of the metallica family and then you go back like 30 years he's like who's a big fat motherfucker sick motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) and and you don't know what he said there but he's hyping the fucking crowd up but to uh, me to me that's perfect because i don't want i don't want a 60 year old dude still being an asshole yeah (laughs) yeah no i i I like it too i like his wholesome energy nowadays i do too i I love it you you know where it's kind of come full circle and he's like yeah you know that had its time and its place and i'm here now but you know I, i i like i like it i like the energy of it anyway two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> sequel to one uh no <laughs> uh, no it, uh two belongs on a rocky soundtrack solely because it's a it has that contemplative moody scene and it also yeah. has the na 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 as the hook and i'm like was this was this written for creed or something and didn't make the cut like <laughs> Oh, maybe like, so. I, you know, I was, I was thinking, when did Creed come out? Because that is very that that is the same melody as um, "Can I Fly Now." But yeah, "I Jump" is really cool and Zeppelin-y. But like, I mean, the, the rest of the songs are re-recordings of previous tracks. You know, which is a big sin on this show. But because Anne is Bay, you know, I'll let it slide <laughs> yeah. to some extent. <laughs> However, um. You know, a prime example is the version of um, Cities Burning on this. Yeah. They removed my favorite part of that song, which is that riff. And it's like, that was that was my favorite part. Why is it not there? Yeah. And like, yeah, there's a cool riff later on in it. But, you know, if I want to hear Cities Burning, I'm going to listen to the one from Private Audition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, Beautiful Broken ended up being my number 14 uh, for obvious reasons on this show at this point, if anybody's a long-time listener. 
they'll know that re-recordings on this show get sent to the bottom. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. That being said, o- over to you. Over Brings to you for me to my number 13. 14, which 14, I don't, sorry. My number 14. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this album because uh, I was I was fatigued. Um, my number 14 is Red Velvet Car from 2010. Okay. An- another really bad album title. Like, what is that even? It's almost like the, it's almost like something that's supposed to be kind of interesting. And then it just sort of falls off at the end. Like it's red. Oh, I like the color red velvet. Oh, velvet car. <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's a red velvet car. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure I know there's a meaning behind it. I didn't read up on it, but Makes me think of those TikToks where stuff is cake, you know? What? <laughs> you ever stuff seen those? Cake? No. You ever see? You ever seen those where like someone will make like these incredible bakers will make like an item like that looks exactly like Baron von Bunny over here, but then like you know? <laughs> oh, it, but it's it, made or, out of cake. But it's made out of cake, and it's and it's like they'll have like a photorealistic human brain. And I got props this week. Um, well, really, like, I mean, the t- it's uh, the opposite for me. Right? Red Velvet Car is like somebody giving me a piece of cake and then I bite and it's like plastic. And I'd be like, oh, why did you give me this? Um, <laughs> it's got like spark plugs in it. You're yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, but the w- once I listened to this, like the album prior to this, which I think is Jupiter's Darling. No, Fanatic was. No, yeah. Jupiter's Darling was prior to Red Velvet Car. And it, I was just like, God, this is more of this sort of 2000-ish, like, middle-of-the-road rock for old people. And it's, and it's all, all of the stuff is well-performed. Like, I, like you said, I can't, if I, if I was going into an album just because I wanted to hear Ann Wilson sing, then that's great, because she sounds great on everything. Mm. But if I start to try to look deeper into stuff, Sometimes the guitar riffs get a little bit lame. Um, and it's just so it's so forgettable. It's just absolutely forgettable music performed by talented people. And so it's just, yeah, bland, bland velvet car or something like that is what it should be called. Well, the um, good news is we can kind of camp out here for a little bit because my number 13 is Red Velvet Car. Boom, so, over to you. It was like a, what do you call that? A relay race. I yeah. Pass the baton to you and I'm going <laughs> to go take a nap. I think, you know, my biggest critique with this album is a lot of this album's production kind of sounds blanketed. If that's, you know, if you get that, kind of sounds like, you know, everything's kind of damp. Like everything's being weighed okay. down a, a little bit by something that's been thrown over the top. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it, you know, I I like a lot of the energy on, on many of the tracks, but it's just brought down by this kind of lifeless, kind of dead production sound. And it's like, I can understand, like, maybe they were trying to go back to, like, a 70s sound, but the only problem is it's, it's the 70s you know, the quote unquote dead seventies sound where stuff is like really dry or something like that. That's not predicated on, on, you know, sounding like the low end is high up, but everything sounds really flat. You know, it's, it's, it's more, 
it's more about the the idea of a space and not too many effects on it is what the seventies was. I you know, depending on what instrument it was, because if it was if it was yeah. guitar, it would have a lot of effects. Drums would have none, maybe a flange on a fill, but um, yeah. that's a good name for a good name for a band. Write that down. Flange or, on a fill, or or a porno. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but that's for cranked and wanked. Uh, yeah. Red, <laughs> yeah. Coming red soon. velvet car. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> you need to subscribe to Patreon for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, what have we done now? We've spoke it into existence. Now we have to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you know, it, to me, this, this album, Sounds like the energy's there, but the production just weighs it right down. So, yeah. so for me, this one, this one had to go low down, and it, it, you know, it does kind of make me sad that all of these like newer ones found their way to the bottom. I, t- I tend to like when a band has a trajectory where you know there's kind of peaks and valleys, but yeah, you know, they've, I mean, they've not put out an album now since twenty. 2016 yeah but you know the these albums they have qualities about them that i really enjoy but you know they're far from the first ones i reach for so you know yeah. with that that wraps up red velvet car so now we can hop on over to number 12 13 or, or 13 sorry sorry 13. i keep i keep i keep looking at my list and thinking okay <laughs> my number 13 you already talked about it jupiter's darling from 2004 Okay. I feel I feel the same as you. Um I it's w- it's way too long and it gets a little mm. tedious and there's not enough really uh I don't know, engaging songwriting on it to really make it worth that amount of time. It's not really bad, it's just kind of dull and and once again, it's it depends on what I'm going for because if I'm just paying attention to the vocals, it, yeah. they're great, and the guitar playing's great too. But it's like, you know, to the the it already into the 2000s, the the riffs go into that the early 2000s old people rock thing where it's just mm. a lot of artists of that era that were still making music all we're kind of doing the same kind of thing. And yeah, the only thing setting heart apart was Ann Wilson. That's it. Yeah. That she has a fantastic voice and she's recognizable as a singer. And, and there you go. Um, Nancy Wilson is great, but when you're literally just churning out, you know, occasionally there's a cool riff, but most of it is stuff that, if you took out the vocals and mixed it in with a handful of other artists from the same time, I would not be able to pick out who this band was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't have a lot more to say than what you said than that. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to win me over with albums like that from this millennium. Um, Mm. especially when you have classic material, not only from the seventies, but also from the eighties, then it's almost it's almost guaranteed that the stuff that you're going to put out in this century is going to be underwhelming to me. So that ends up being my number 13. Okay, so I have a question. Does that mean we match up on our number 12? 
Is your number 12 Fnatic? It is. Then yes, we've matched up on number 12. Okay, cool. So From that 2012. Kind of, yep. And and yeah, that's a good little tie-in, actually. That, that's, <laughs> that's some planets aligning stuff there. Little um, did they know, the, the when they did this album in 2012, that would actually be the number of the ranking, cranked and ranked over a decade later, and they're never going to see this, so they don't care. But, you know. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it to me it's the strongest of their you know late career albums. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it, it it its production is a bit brighter. It doesn't feel as weighed down. There's a bit more. It, there's a bit more you know variety going on. And it it feels like to to me that they were having fun when they made the album. Absolutely. recorded the album and, like it, it, an, an energy comes across in the album yeah i feel like this one of all of the of all of them like even down to the cover art like when i look at the cover art i'm like oh, okay here we go yeah here we go there's there's just Anne and nancy fucking rocking out just and and i love that you know sometimes that kind of really conveys and i think that this for me is like a turning point you know where yeah. things go from, you know, good but not very impressive to to me to okay, yeah, this the these gals are cooking, hell yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it kind of makes me sad that Jupiter, uh, sorry, that uh, Beautiful Broken ended up just being like a like a leftovers and re-recorded things type of type of deal, but you know, Fnatic, all of the all of the songs on here were the most engaging bunch of this. Yeah. You know, you got Fanatic, obviously, Dear Old America, Walking Good, Skin and Bones, Million Miles, Pennsylvania, Mashala, Rock Deep, 59 Crunch, Corduroy Road. I mean, I it's 39 minutes, it's what it's a 40 minute long album. And it just it's in and out. And perfect. it just Yeah, perfect. Yeah. A- absolutely. It to, to me. If you're gonna go for like a late period heart album, this is the one to yeah to go for, because uh, you know I found most of it thoroughly enjoyable in terms of you know yeah 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 and it but they, I didn't love all of it. Um, some of the songs were kind of same old same old, but it's an improvement from Jupiter's Darling, and um and it wasn't too long to where the songs I didn't like as much. I didn't look and go, holy shit, we're not even halfway done yet. Like it was, you know, (laughs) it was it as an album for, you know, for that era, 2012, um, I, I enjoyed it. So, and at this point, that's really all that that's that I'm going to really get out of these because. Um, yeah, there's no new ground being broken here. It's just, Hmm. Yeah, are you a fan of of uh, of this stuff that Hart did? Then here you go. Here's here's some newer stuff that they did. It's not um, not reinventing anything or taking any huge steps forward. It's just kind of here's some more music. That being said, if you're going to do that kind of thing, fanatic is not a bad way to do it. Um, yeah. And that before we wrap up the 2000s, because I think that's all the 2000s albums, right? We've already we've covered yeah, all of them. Yeah, that that'll be all of the uh, 21st century. Albums so, covered. The the thing mm-hmm. that I didn't know until recently, because I did a little bit of research on the band, 
Um, just because I was I was wondering like, well, what have they been doing since 2016? And um, the, I didn't know about the incident where apparently Hart were playing a show, and Ann Wilson's husband assaulted Nancy Wilson's son for leaving a door open. Something, <laughs> yeah, something like that is. Yeah, where is it? During late 2016, 2017, and 18, Hart was on hiatus after an incident in which Ann Wilson's husband, Dean Wetter, was arrested for assaulting Nancy Wilson's children outside the venue in which the sisters were. Oh, performing. children, more than one child. Jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this is what it says on Wikipedia. Okay. Um, this is a very surface level version of, yeah. of what is clearly a very nuanced and traumatic thing. Um, But it does say here, 2019 onwards, uh, in February 2019, it was announced that Hart had reformed for a new concert tour. Um, Okay. So, yeah. That that, that ended quickly. It's 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When you see those things, you're like, hey, I want to go back in time and let you guys know. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's about to go down very soon. Yeah. So, um, um, but but with, I just that, the, the, yeah. the the thing that the thing that that like got stuck with me on that was there was a rift between the two of them, and I was like, yeah, rightfully so. And so my next my next little bit of research was trying to figure out. All right, so clearly Ann Wilson divorced this guy, right? And it was crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they got divorced. I think that. Uh, um, there are some things that are just kind of unforgivable. And, and I'm just like, I don't know what the reasoning was for beating children. But uh, I don't care. I don't care to know the reasoning. Um, and I'm sure everyone's sorry about it. But I, I don't, I don't. Because you know that if this guy randomly just beat up some kids, he's probably tried to beat up Ann Wilson as well. <laughs> so... You know, maybe that's what what would you call that slander or or what what's the, what's the one one of them is is when you say it out loud liable or slander one of those things. Yeah, you know that this this definitely. I mean, I'm of course I don't know how old the children in question are, you know, and not yeah. that it would make assaulting anybody okay. Yeah, um, but I I don't know. I, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know what went down. Yeah, me neither. Um, and so that's that's just one of those things where, like, I, I go um, in this sort of situation. Like, I'm all like, "Do we need? Does there need to be an intervention for for Anne?" Or <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm yeah, just gonna show up on our doorstep and go, "Look, there's this there's this 25 year old bloke in uh, in Cornwall." And <laughs> as far as I know, has not beaten any kids or anybody. Um, no. uh, so he, he might be a good replacement. <laughs> and then I have to go obviously visit your girlfriend and be like, look, we've had a once in a lifetime <laughs> opportunity here. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be very receptive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you showed up with Rob Trujillo, she'd be cool. She'd be, she'd be like, hey, look, right, here's I'll, the trade-off. Enjoy. <laughs> I'll get to work on that, too. I'll do both those yeah. things at the same time. That that might be a harder sell. Um, getting, wife swap. Get, getting, uh, <laughs> getting Rob to leave his wife, because I don't think, as far as I know, there haven't been any issues with them, but who knows? 
Yeah, Amy makes it you know very clear that she's jealous. <laughs> hey, that, you know Rob, Rob. Rob is a catch for sure. Oh, um, I, I mean, but you know, you know who else? You know who else is a catch? Eddie fucking Sparks. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's move on okay. to uh, to uh, your number eleven album. Okay, so. Uh, Here's where things get interesting because yeah. now I'm forced into the predicament of calling anything from the 70s, 80s, or 90s the bottom of the lot. Um, and for me, I, you know, after several listens over the years of many of, of, of all of these albums, it became very apparent to me that 1982's private audition found its way. Hey, we, uh, we, matched, we matched up again. We matched up. Private audition is also my number 11. I'm glad that it, this makes me feel better because I thought I was being a bit harsh on this album, but now that if you're here too, let's get into it. And we, we need to, we need to talk about how, how much of a matchup this fucking show is so far because we've so, been so far so far yeah. we'll see so so far we've been on a we've been on kind of a thing where we've had quite different lists in terms of placements everything's either like one or two possibly even three or four out um uh, but this one this one's pretty synced up um yeah. must be the moon uh <laughs> um yeah private audition uh, the 1982 album. Allow me to get it up here. That's, That's what, what she, she said. said. Yeah! Yeah! Well, that was good. <laughs> um, so yeah, this album to me, it's got some bangers on it. The, the, the fucking it starts off with a banger. Yeah, city's, city's burning. burning. It's great. It's a, a literal scorcher of a song. Like yeah. ab- absolutely incredible. Really heavy song as well. That like. T- at that point, it was probably one of the heaviest they'd done, you know, yeah. especially yeah. the riffs in that. But, you know, you get, you know, Bright Light Girl, Perfect Stranger, Private Audition. Now, to, to me, I, I know that they went for kind of a theme with this album because there's like a few sound bites and like tiny little skits scattered throughout. They're not mm-hmm. listed as separate tracks, but they appear. And it really does set a tone of, you know, someone coming in for an audition. Um but the song Private Audition is such a different thing. It's like a it's like a show tune. Yeah. And and yeah. it's like it definitely feels like a weird title track on an album, you know? Um when you've got songs like City is Burning. Um I mean I, I really like this man is mine. I like I like to I like to think she's talking about me, but I know it's not it's not happening. I was <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> 16 years prior to my birth i know i'm kind of pushing it but um i mean what else she knew we got here? she knew she knew it was the it was happening you were gonna show up one day <laughs> yeah yeah hit me up uh, <laughs> uh the situation hey darling darling one word fast times america i mean t- to me like this album was the first in a string of albums where it was like oh okay they're they're kind of it felt a little bit like trying to find a bit of an identity in a changing musical landscape you know Mm -hmm. because like 
the growing presence of synthesizers, obviously folk was going to be out of the question in that. Yeah. And that was a big part of their early sound. So um, this this is kind of a rocky transition album that I feel they nailed a lot better on the follow-up to it. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's... It, even says here, uh, was it in 2009 private audition was re-released by BGO records as a double CD with the band's subsequent album, passion works prior to this private audition had been out of print for a number of years and was heart's most difficult CD to obtain. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which, you know, kind of says a lot in terms of, you know, sales and whatnot. There was clearly an album. They didn't want to push too hard. Um, yeah. But honestly, it's it's like the first time where Heart kind of stumble a little bit, you know. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to say that, you know. It, it, to me, it's not bad, but it's nowhere near as good as the albums, unfortunately, that surround it. So it's it's unfortunately like kind of a redheaded stepchild kind of album that feels kind of strange. Think, I don't think that's appropriate to say anymore. What's wrong with redheaded? stepchildren yeah it's it's you know i'm i'm dating a redhead so i have to pass because <laughs> i'm because i'm it's like i'm like isn't it cool to have a redhead how did that become a saying that's what that's, yeah I don't, I don't know whatever have um, you ever seen there's a guy called tim minchin i don't know if you've ever seen him he's like a I don't know. he's like a it's like a comedy songwriter guy from from britain and he's got this song called um he basically makes a point in the song, like leading up to the chorus, um, that there's a there's a name containing an N, an I, two G's, an E, and an R, and he's and it like builds up to this point, and he's like, if they want to reclaim it and take it for themselves, only a ginger can call another ginger ginger and it's like it builds up to that and it's like oh oh, oh, wow okay (laughs) yeah he's he's funny he's funny (laughs) ginger yeah um anyway speaking of the 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 red-headed stepchild of heart um first off private audition sounds like an album title from 1982 like it's just it, and I and like when I saw the album title, I went, wait, aren't there like twelve other albums called Private Audition from around the early eighties, um, or things that are private or audition or something like it's, that? It's very of its time, isn't it? Yeah, like, but and that's the thing about this album that made me put it the last of like this sort of early era, I guess, hmm. because there are so many albums, not just from Heart, but from you know, bands of this time that sound dated, but in a very enjoyable way. This one sounds dated in like, I don't even, it's like an era of the early eighties that everyone wanted to forget about where hmm. it, the only thing I kept thinking every time a new song would start, cause there are a couple songs I like, I like city is burning. I really like the situation. Other than that, they're suffering from this weird thing that a lot of 80s mainstream rock bands were going through where I think they did way too much cocaine. And then they're all like, oh, this song should go like this. And this one should be like a country ditty. And this one should be I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to do any of those things. Yeah. But they 
like so many bands like had an identity crisis in the early 80s and and some didn't but hmm. this is clearly an identity crisis album it's like so like what what fucking band even is this yeah um it definitely and, has that feel to and it. it's it's yeah it's all over the place in kind of an annoying way um but yeah it really was a tough listen for me just because i yeah it just sounds like like rich rock people who do too much coke and they are just churning out an album and maybe they didn't do that much coke i don't know but in 82 i'm gonna say they probably yeah, um, Columbia was definitely booming at that time. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just it's just an album that is so like I like I said of a of a time that nobody celebrates for good reason. Like <laughs> that th- this period of mainstream rock, there's it's almost every artist lost their way, and you want to know like. This is going to be a li- this is not just pointed at heart but it's definitely pointed at heart because a lot of hearts early stuff there's a lot of Led Zeppelin love. Yes. Mm-hmm. In 1982 they no longer had Led Zeppelin to look to to let them know what to do. <laughs> Led Zeppelin was that, done. That's a very fair <laughs> assessment. <laughs> yeah. So all these bands are like fuck what are we supposed to do now? Led Zeppelin's not telling us what to do. So, um, so (laughs) that's probably not true. I'm not, I'm not, that's not fair, but, but, but just, just, it really does. Cause there are so many heart tracks where I'll hear a part and go, man, that is, that is some Led Zeppelin worship right there. Mm. Um, but you know, like, but, but everybody does it and Led Zeppelin's an amazing band to worship. So there you go. Yeah. And like uh, my, my stance on that is like, especially with hearts early work is, you know, they wore their influences on their sleeves, but they were also really good at writing songs. So yes. yeah. there was that thing of, yeah, this sounds a lot like this, but there's also a lot of originality going on too. Sure. And, you know, and nothing can take away the fact that it's the Wilson sisters. Like, mm. <laughs> I mean that, I mean that in both ways, you know? So yeah. So private audition, not great. I, uh, aside from the couple of songs that, that I really thought were good, um, the rest of it is just not anything I want to revisit. It just, it makes me feel, um, weird and anxious. Um, <laughs> like I'm like, I'm at a, I'm at a party where there's way too many people and everyone's way drunker than I am. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I gotta go guys. <laughs> I've even, I've even got a neck, a whole six pack right now or get the <laughs> fuck out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, that moves us on. So, okay. I'm going to say, we're not going to match up here. I have a weird feeling. We're not going to match up with our number tens. So okay. well, let's, let's it, find out. It, interesting interesting uh, i'm i'm intrigued now my uh number 10 is uh magazine okay and not my magazine number magazine's an interesting one because it's kind Ab- of this absolutely yeah it, it's it's regarded as this kind of like sophomore slump kind of album where they're like we didn't want to release it yet it wasn't finished or something i I don't like i don't know all of the ins and outs of it 
I, just... I, I, I read up on that because I found it fascinating because they were signed to a record label that um, I think they were also they, they were not being promoted in the way that they wanted to be promoted. In fact, mm. one of the ways they were being promoted is they actually put out an ad kind of insinuating that the sisters were lesbians um, and they hated oh. that shit. Um, yeah. But so they were recording. Rightfully so. They were recording tracks for this label. And then I don't remember what happened where they they left the label or something happened, but they were still contractually obligated to the label. So the label literally just took the few finished tracks that they had, put some live tracks on it and put it out as magazine. Yeah. But that is not the version that you and I get to listen to now. Because after that, the mm. uh, the the Wilson sisters were like, "Look, please pull this album, and we will complete our contract with you guys. Just let us do the album." So they actually went back and re-recorded a bunch of stuff. It's essentially the same track listing, but there's some re-recorded stuff, and it's in a different order. Yeah. But at the at the end of the day, it's still an album where they took. I think just four or five original tracks and yeah. then and then like a couple covers, a couple live things. They basically just did the bare minimum and threw this album together just to complete that contract so they could have some kind of say in mm. what the final album was. So not really a legit second album from Heart because they weren't 100 percent behind it. You know, they they, they did their yeah. best with what they had. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and like, as as a result of its kind of hodgepodginess, yeah. it kind of en ended up further down the list because mm -hmm. it it definitely has that all over the place kind of situation going on as well. Yeah, um, except that actually you know, is a sell as a selling point for me for the album. Whenever there's an album that has that kind of story to it, um, mm. I, I have to admit I listen to it. And I, it makes me enjoy it more. These albums that are just kind of odd, how they got thrown together. I don't know. They, I, so it made me enjoy it more. Sure. Because, like, I, I, for me, there was, like, five heart albums in, in this, um, in one of these, like, I know this is Foreigner, oh. but bear, bear with me. <laughs> I, 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 I have a heart one of these, and it has Little Queen, Dog and Butterfly, Baby Lestrange, Private Audition and Passion Works, and those were the five heart albums that I spent a lot of time with. Yeah, and then and then I like turned nineteen and got Spotify, and I started using that. And I I was really into like the hair metal stuff. I was doing a deep dive on the hair metal stuff, and heart were hair metal adjacent in the yeah. in the eighties and um, early nineties. So like heart. Um, Bad Animals, Brigade, and Desire Walks On also snuck their way in there. And really, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time with this album or, mm -hmm. or Dreamboat Annie at that point because I was like, I know these albums a lot more than these. Um, yeah. You know, which yeah. is kind of an in interesting way to come in on it. But like, honestly, for, for me, Magazine, it was it's just such a... It all it has like an EP kind of feel to it almost, yeah. Yeah. where it's like, you know, five original tracks, 
a cover and two live covers and it's really good like it's it's made it to my top 10 and this is where for me heart gets really really good um but i've just spent so much time with all the other albums that managed to find its way above it that it's just out of it's a victim of circumstance i'd say uh, above all else it yeah you know it had uh, a rocky production uh, a controversial release uh and i've you know it wasn't in that little album pack and it wasn't the hair metal i was looking for either so yeah yeah but but that being said though i can appreciate it heartless is an excellent opening track that is mm-hmm. a absolute staple I'd, I'd always be happy to see that in the set list devil delight is so good and like the the rest of the album's great thoroughly enjoyable release but it's just like i say it's kind of a hodgepodge yeah the, I'm, I'm i haven't done it yet but i'm fascinated to find out because as a as a vinyl collector if i was inclined to like you know really like buy all of the heart albums I I would be looking for that original version yeah. that Hart didn't want put out because that to me is great. I, like anytime there's an album like that where there's like, oh, there's this version that the band didn't like, I'm like give me that one. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. Like once you get later on and in, in, into the into you know more recent years, then I don't. Then that's not fascinating to me. But for some reason. 70s and 80s albums where there's some sort of controversy about it whatever it is i'm like mm, yeah. i want that word. i want that one <laughs> very alluring isn't it yeah 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 it is so um yeah that's not my number 10 um i i think this album's probably higher for you but it's lower for me because of a uh, kind of a lot of disappointment okay okay let's, um, let's my number 10 is desire walks on from 1993 Okay. So it's their 11th album and technically their first of the 90s because we've, you know, their brigade is 1990, so that's not. Yeah, the, the, the 90s count. don't the 90s don't really begin till 91 and yeah. the 80s the 80s don't really disappear till about 93, 94, so. Yeah. So the so one of the positives of this album for me is that Anne and Nancy are back to trying to write songs where they did several yeah. albums where they just weren't even bothered. Um, and they, except for one or two or something like that. So I, I like that because it feels a little more like an attempt to make a good album overall, instead of just swinging for making hits, which is okay. what they were doing before. Now there's nothing, obviously those albums are higher than this one. So I have no problem with that era of eighties music where artists were all working with different songwriters trying to make hits. That's fine because in a lot of ways it comes that, you know, they created some either amazing songs or in hindsight, some albums that really feel like the era. And I love that. I love the feeling Mm. of of the the late eighties kind of stuff. Anyway, so desire walks on. Um, I was like, oh my God, Heart 1993. And Lane Staley's on a song. I can't wait to hear what this sounds like. And it sounded nothing like I wanted it to sound like. Because honestly, <laughs> I wanted it to be Heart's Hey Fellow Grunge Kids album. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be that. I wanted it to be uh, uh, What's the Kiss album. I wanted it to be like that. 
Carnival um, of Souls. Carnival of Souls. I wanted yeah. it to be Hearts Carnival of Souls so badly because if they had done it, I I would even if the songs weren't great, I would have loved it. Can you imagine fucking heavy ass grunge riffs with Ann Wilson singing over it? Uh, would have been fucking honestly. fantastic. But yeah. Desire Walks On is a 90s album if you're Sting or Don Henley. Like that's what yeah. it sounds like. It sounds okay. it's barely a rock album. And the one song that has Lane Staley on it, it's the biggest wasted opportunity. You have Lane fucking Staley. I, mean, I realize in 93, it wasn't that big a deal. He was, they were a big band, but you didn't know the legacy of Allison Chains. You didn't know he would end up passing away one day, but it's all like mm. you bring him in for a fucking cover song. And it's not even that good of a cover of a song in general. I mean, that, some people will take that as blasphemy. It's, I think it's Bob Dylan or something. Um, but you know, Bob Dylan, um, well, that we will, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a fan. Um, he has some songs, uh, some, some of them he doesn't. <laughs> so it, it was, a, it was a really big disappointment because it's, there's a few good tracks on here. But most of it is so sort of yawn-inducing, and it really does sound like in 1993, I didn't know this album came out, and now I know why I didn't know that this album came out because it wasn't for me. It wasn't for mm. people looking for rock music. It was people who have now become attorneys, and they're like <laughs> at the CD store, and they're like, "I don't know what to buy. All of this music and these crazy rappers everywhere." Ooh, heart and this song is made the, the album is like literally for those people who don't really listen to music anymore but they know heart and so they bought the album and they're like this isn't offensive to me at all there's there you know and so that's what desire walks on is it, it's a to me a really huge missed opportunity and and maybe they maybe they thought of that at the time and said yeah we don't want to act like we're trying to jump on a bandwagon um, but in not jumping on a bandwagon, they they inadvertently jumped on another one, which is completely mm. unappealing to me. Um, so it's not a bad album, but it really was. Every song that started, I would just go, even the ones that I thought were pretty good, I was just like, oh man, come on. It's 93. What are you <laughs> doing? But anyway, so that's that's really all I have. It was it, it's it, I, I would not call it a bad album at all. Um, I would just call it you know, going through a discography and reaching 1993, I had a lot more hopes for it that hmm. that weren't there. Were, I didn't get satisfaction from it at all. I read somewhere on another ranking that it said it has an 80s hangover and <laughs> a little bit, which that I, would make sense because that's what Sting and Don Henley were doing at the time. They were like hmm. they couldn't figure out how to get into the 90s because they were old dudes and they were rich and they had no. They had no desire to, <laughs> to do anything interesting. No desire to walk on. Woo! Oh. Wow, that was that was great. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the I've got the touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which, which brings us to our last album of this episode. Yeah. Because we're doing uh, the, the bottom seven and the next mm -hmm. time the top eight. So this will and uh, and I don't have 
Yeah, I don't. This is you're you're not going to hear me start to get like really positive about heart until the next time. <laughs> so. And and au contraire, because I <laughs> I have entered the realm of I don't feel good putting any of these low at all. <laughs> all um, right, cool, cool. And and this is just a case of now. Here's nine albums I really really like. Um. I mean, to be fair, that began on um, magazine and even private audition. But I'm going to just say this. I specifically switched the um, amount of albums we'd be covering for this album, We for this episode, because we were originally going to do eight this episode and seven the next one. We've swapped that around. We're doing seven this time and eight next time because I just cannot make up my mind. Um, and let it be known that this is a placeholder. This may not necessarily be the same number nine next episode, because we've got a potential break between this episode and then the next one may be another two weeks away. It's going to be a huge cliffhanger. Will, will Eddie... Yeah. Start just mixing things up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, I come back and there's like cork boards with like articles and like red string <laughs> just all over the place. And I'm just racking my brain. Either way, I'm gonna rip the band-aid off and say my number nine, as of right now, according to my mood this week, is 1980s Baby Lestrange. Okay. It's really good. I, <laughs> like, I can't point to anything I don't like about this album. And it's, I mean, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's my favorite horror album cover because, you know, <sighs> I've gazed longingly at Anne in this album cover. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, I mean... Baby Lestrange down on me. Silver Wheels is a cool little like break in the. You know, it's just a little instrumental break. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's yeah, break. The, everything's aligning this episode. Break's fucking sick. Love that song. Rocking Heaven Down. Awesome song. Even it up. Love the horns in this song. Strange Night raised on you, Pilot Sweet Darling. I mean, God, like this is just really good. Like it's it's 1980, so it still feels rooted in the 70s stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't quite got to the cocaine. What the fuck are we doing? Moment quite yet, but their cocaine it, habit is just starting. They haven't yeah. quite gotten to full on where it's a huge problem. Yeah, they this honestly, uh, this is a rotating cast of characters as far as I'm concerned at this point. Because I just I really like this album. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love the music almost as much as I love that cover. Like, that, is, oh, wow. I'm, I need to get that off my screen. If we were, if we were <laughs> ranking album covers, this would be number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, what can I say? Gorgeous women, gorgeous voices. Yeah. Just nothing but pure admiration on my end. And I hope that I'm managing to do it without... Sp- coming off as a creep because i just genuinely mean that ah, you're not you're you know? not, not no not creepy at all yeah um it's just full-blown admiration hell yeah uh, all right strange well, 
the beginning of what I consider the full-on kick-ass end of the Heart discography. Over to you, my fine sir. All right, so this is the last album of theirs where, you know, if like you had a scale of things I enjoyed and things that I was critical about, the scale is still tipped a little bit to critical, but then it starts to even out and go a little more the other way next episode. But this is the last okay. one where the, there there are things I like about it, but there's a whole lot that I don't, especially because this seems to be considered an essential heart album. And I think the only reason people say that is because there's one really good hit song on it. What are um, you going to do? Uh, Dog and Butterfly is okay. my number nine from 1978, the year I was born. So obviously Straight On is year on here. Which, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which Straight On is a classic, and I, and I love it. Yeah. It's a great song. So when I went into listening to this album, it's their fourth album overall. Um, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I had like some questions that popped up as I was listening to it. First off, I was like, why did they put fake crowd noise at the beginning and the end of the first track? Because it's not live. Hmm. It's a studio track. But they just said, you know what this one needs? This needs crowd noise and an, and an announcer. Because I'm just like, that's such a weird, it's a weird choice. Mm. Um, but that that doesn't matter because bands do shit like that all the time. But as the songs were going through, I'm like, why does the songwriting all of a sudden seem less cool? Like, okay. it feels restrained and a bit, like not very fun. And then I go look up and I'm like, oh, this is the first one where they collaborate with longtime songwriting collaborator who this this woman who wrote like shitloads of songs with them. And I'm like, that's got to be it, because somebody else's influence came into the songwriting and it just feels. A little bit sort of like, oh, here's some songs, and I'm just like, wow. Because it's like it it really loses a lot of steam if you're just listening to their albums chronologically, where all of a sudden you hit Dog and Butterfly, and I'm just, man, the, the, the some of the energy just gets sucked out. Um, mm. Even with Straight On, which I love, um, but um, it, you know it, it's you know it's it sounds like a 1978 album. Um, it has a few moments of greatness. I actually really like uh, uh, Mistral Wind, which is Mistral the very Wind last. Mistral Wind is so cool. It, I love that. So song. that that is even more of like a thing where I go, well, they, I mean, they ended on such a high note. Um, but the like I said, the 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 weight of all of the things where I go, man, it's missing something, and um, and it. Yeah, it it doesn't have enough songs that really sort of grab me. Um, Mm. And and even even on earlier heart albums, I wouldn't say all the songs are great songs, but even the songs that maybe as a song don't quite have a hook or have a thing that really brings me in. But there's a. For lack of a better term, there's a coolness. It just they feel like a cool band up until this point. Mm. And then it, it it really starts to feel a little more like, I don't know if they're overthinking themselves or they're, I have no idea what it is, but um, it means a seventies album. It's got a hit on it, but other than that, like, you know, it's, it doesn't have enough. Yeah. 
I don't know. It doesn't feel as heart as the earlier albums felt. And I don't want to throw that on uh, what I don't remember the additional songwriter's name, but I don't want to throw that on them. Sue Ennis, I think she's called. Yeah. Sue Ennis. Um, but she did. Col- she's been collaborating with the band ever since um, on yeah, so a it whole says here she's, shitload of tracks. She's co-written over 80 songs with Ann Wilson and Nancy Wilson of the band Heart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that's the problem. It could, I'm sure it was a culmination of things, but um, it really was the first part of the discography where I kind of just went, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, this is this, is this <laughs> album. Um, and then, you know, th- there were different levels of that moving on. But um, I think, you know, if I try to divorce myself from that, those aspects and just listen and listen to it as an album from 1978 and pay attention to Ann Wilson, it's great. But when we do this show, we really have to start digging into stuff to figure out where's everything going to go. Yeah, um, that's when I, that's when I got way more critical of it. And I just went, yep, doesn't have the same appeal to me as their earlier albums. So um, and it doesn't have the big old sparkly hit songs of the 80s. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it ended up it ended up being my number nine um, wrapping up this part one of heart. Yeah, I, I was just going to say before we do wrap it up, I was going to say the thing I love about Mistral Wind is it feels like a core era Stone Tumble Pilot song at points 14 years before that yeah. happened. And there's yeah. like these cool like dan it dan chimey yeah. bits here bling, bling. Mm-hmm. gang 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 it just so it's like really heavy at points but it has yeah. those like cool jangly bits over the top well um, i mean i mean they're they're a seattle band and yeah. they had a lot of influence over i know f- for sure chris cornell had said many oh. times that he was he was uh inspired by heart and and it makes, I think it any makes sense. any rock singer worth their salt's been inspired by Ann Wilson at some point. Pro- probably, yeah. You, speaking of that, you know what's really weird is that I read that very recently Nancy Wilson started touring as like Nancy Wilson's heart, like without Ann Wilson. Oh and yeah, is doing heart songs, and I just go, who's who sings? Who sings those songs? <laughs> Don't uh, maybe somebody's seen it out there and knows knows what I, it is. But did they do? Does she have a singer that's that's well, equal Nancy, to or <laughs> well, Nancy's Nancy's done several songs too in Hart's discography. But, yeah, but uh, but she's Anne a fine singer. Anne's definitely the one with a lot of the chops, though, in terms of like like yeah. all those like rundowns you get sometimes and you think and, wow and i guess you know a lot of people just don't care it's just like the thing you know like it, it, you know speaking of seattle it's just the same thing we talked about when we did queensrike where mm. they have a perfectly fine singer now who's great great vocalist can hold his own can sing all of jeff's stuff but when you have a vocalist that's not only very recognizable in his sound but is also just so integral to what made the band fucking awesome then if you're leaving that element out i don't care if you are like you know a legendary rock guitar player or whatever it or if you can sing a lot of the stuff it just for some reason it just it it i know everyone's got to make a living everybody wants to go out and i'm assuming that there's some rift between the two of them because why else would she be going out on her own 
Um, but I mean, I know she does solo stuff as well, but she plays harp songs too. So I, I don't know. It's very, it's interesting to me because um, I, I feel like the selling point of heart is Ann Wilson. Um, and Nancy Wilson is a great guitar player, but she's not like Jimmy Page where you immediately know it's Nancy Wilson. She's just a good guitar player. She's not a, you know, she's not recognized. I don't think she's recognizable. Do you think her guitar playing is recognizable? Like, you would I th- I be able think, to pick it out? I think she tends to shine more on, like, the kind of folky stuff that they do. Sure, yeah. Um, but I feel like that translates more in, like, instrumentation, because I know she busts out the mandolin every now and again and those sorts of things. I, you know, I my knowledge of heart could be greater, but, you yeah. know, I know... I know the music really well. The um, the lineups I need to brush up on a little bit. Oh, they've had a lot. I mean, they had uh, they yeah, had I, a lot of different members in the. And I mean, which which makes sense because you know it, it even in the beginning, Dreamboat Annie. It's just the two of them on the album cover. It's not like it's yeah. not like they included the rest of the band on the cover. <laughs> it's like almost <laughs> they they knew they were like, eh, we may not want to keep these dudes around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Because I know that they've had several iterations now. Where's the? Let me have let me have a quick look on the fly. At, at let's find out how many members have been in Heart. Let's find out. Okay, let's let's have. Oh my God! Holy shit! Okay, okay. It's uh, like a okay. scroll that just like keeps unrolling. You, you, you know that? Um, you, you know that uh, thing on Wikipedia that they do that's really cool. That that timeline thing. Where yeah. you can see like the the band members, the different and colors like and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven. 28, 29, 20, uh, uh, 30, 30, sorry, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, about 40. I think I might have missed one. Wow. In my brain, I went, let me see. What do I think it is? I'm going to go with 17. <laughs> you went way past that. Okay, um, hang on. I was, being, I was being conservative with my guess. I was like, ah, 17, maybe 17 members. Okay, while we're on the subject, while we're on the subject, you stole them. I'm gonna find out how many were, how many people have been in White Snake because that is oh like my god. huge. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, hang on. It says band members of White Snake. List of White Snake members. Further information. List of band members in Coverdale's bands. <laughs> okay, let's have a look here. Oh my shit! Good god. Okay, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, forty, forty-one, forty-two. Uh, so about the same. About the same. About so, forty that, members. Do you do you do you think that that artists like this? Like, like, let's take David Coverdale for example. So he's played with forty some odd people in White Snake. Yeah, he's played with different people probably in solo projects. 
he played in Deep Purple. Do you do you think he remembers the names of all of the, <laughs> the musicians he played with? Like like the ones that were in a touring band. Like, do you think he remembers all of them? Like that is a lot. I forget the names of people yeah. that I just. I met. remember you. You played bass in my band. Uh, mustache McTop Hat, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. But the big question is, when are we going to tackle White Snake? That is, I'm surprised that we haven't done White Snake yet. That is yeah. amazing. How does it? How is it taking us? That's we've on been the doing list. this for almost four years. We're approaching yeah. four years of doing this. It's on the list, but we gotta we gotta move that in because that's another band mm. that I've heard one album of theirs all the way through. I'm guessing you know which one it is. <laughs> See, I'm liking that we're entering this arc now where you're just as in the dark as I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. I like yeah. that. Because I'm, I'm fascinated by these bands, especially because Whitesnake is very similar to other bands and Heart, where they did have a 70s era that sounds different from their 80s era, and I have no idea what they did once they reached the mid-90s. Like, fuck, I have no idea. So, well, we haven't even touched on Deep Purple yet. Like, that's a huge band. Oh, that's good. Like, yeah. That, well, well that Deep, is, Purple, Deep Purple, though, didn't have that arc in the 80s where they had big old hit pop singles. No, you know? no. Whereas they, White they Snake albums, and Heart but, and, and yeah. Foreigner. Foreigner's another one where they had a 70s output, and then all of a sudden their biggest yeah. hit was in the 80s. Um, so I, I don't Anyway, it's fascinating. All that stuff's fascinating to me, but we're on heart hmm. right now. Heart part one. Heart part one. That in, that concludes heart part heart part one. Why is that so hard to say? Um, <laughs> so yeah, next time we're going to be doing uh, our top eight heart albums, which I like. Where we I'm, I look, I'm, I'm glancing at my notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In my in my number eight, I already have you know things that I enjoy about it. Um. So uh, that'll be a way more, well, for my side of things, it'll be a more positive experience because I feel like I have slagged off the Wilsons and their band enough. Um, I, I, think, you know, I think I've been fair to Anne. Anne gets out clean because <laughs> she's like, <laughs> like, you know, she's great. She sounds good on everything. So woman's an angel. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, immediately made me think of the song Angel by Aerosmith, yeah. which was another band that had a 70s arc in the 80s where they had a big ass hit and all other that's, shit. That's going to be a huge one when we get around to them. Yeah. I, that's going to be fun for me because I know every Aerosmith album very well. So, yeah. um, I know some albums very well, but others I've, I've like never heard. So, yeah. yeah. The, the, the great thing about Aerosmith is that they have a few albums that people will be like, ah, this is. This is when they had a misstep and you'll hear it and you'll go, where? <laughs> How the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's only it's only a misstep in comparison to the mind-blowingly awesome music they did at some other point. It's just it's still a goddamn good album. So anyway, that's yeah. obviously I'm an Aerosmith fan. We'll get there eventually. But um we will probably not see you guys or you guys in the podcast world um for another two weeks. Um because we uh, we might do, we might not. That's, Why not? You know, uh, we have our personal lives get in the way every once in a while. Um, but uh, after that, I think we're going to have a nice little chunk of uh, of shows leading up to the holidays. Yeah. And so uh, and that's always a fun time. I love doing our, our Christmas episodes because they're always fun. 
um, or holiday episodes because, you know, not everybody celebrates Christmas. And fuck, I barely celebrate Christmas. We just put up a tree and give presents. I mean, that's as far as it goes. Anyway. Tree, um, prezzies, food. For, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Candy. <laughs> sweets. Yes. As they say in the... Dude, I've, I've, I've been on a... There's recently been like an American candy store open in like oh. it's like it's like a chain i think it's called mm-hmm. like uh so sweet or something they've like popped up in like every town in cornwall lately and mm-hmm. no word of a lie i have filled my freezer with charleston shoes <laughs> charleston I, shoes that we don't even eat those in america <laughs> <laughs> really? i don't think i've seen a charleston shoe in the store since i was a child Dude, um, I every time I go in there, I come out with like two of each. Get the vanilla, get the chocolate, get the strawberry. Strawberry, just throw it in the freezer. Like a couple nice. hours later, really satisfying snack. That is, they they get the length right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like there is a lot of satisfaction with the Charleston chew. Now I now I that, feel like have I just been missing out? I need to go. I'm gonna, next time I go to the store, I'm gonna try to find a Charleston chew because I don't even know if it. I remember. You need oh, to dude, freeze it. Dude, I do that with any anytime I buy any sort of candy for myself that's not like yeah. fruity, obviously. Um, it goes right in my fridge. Like it's it, it's either gotta be cold or frozen. Like I, I love yeah. I love putting a fucking Twix bar in the freezer. That is yeah. amazing. I have um, I have a fun story. I have a fun story about that before we go. Is when I was doing the Duke of Edinburgh award, uh, which is like this thing in the UK where you uh you have like like a th- three things you need to do you need to go on a big hike you need to have a talent and something else i can't quite remember i got i did bronze and silver fucked off gold because i thought you know i've already got the silver i've done more is than it, most people is this a school requirement it's not something? a it's not a, it's not a requirement but it looks good on a resume Sort got of it. Thing. Okay. Yeah. And you know, it, it, everybody, a sizable chunk of people were doing it that I got along with. So I was like, mm-hmm. ah, fuck it. Let's, you know, go hiking with some friends. It'll be a laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just remember at the time we were doing the training for it. Cause they do like training weekends. They teach you how to survive in the wild. Um, basically. And I just remember at the time I had like a, like a bag full of chocolate bars. And one of those was a limited edition, all caramel Snickers. Cause at the time they were doing all nougat or all caramel Snickers. And I don't know. So if as, did in, it over as there. in there's no, there's no nuts in it or what? No, what there's, is? there's nuts, there's nuts, but it's either all nougat or all caramel with the nuts in there. So, oh. yeah. So there was this okay. like limited run. I think it was about like early 2012 or something. Cause it was really cold. Um, and I was, you know, we were sleeping on Dartmoor, which is a, you know, national park in the Mm -hmm. UK. And I just remember like sleeping overnight and waking up and reaching into my bag. And I went to bite into the Snickers thinking, oh yeah, first thing in the morning, I'm going to reach in, get that and just feel completely recharged. I bite into this fucking thing, damn near rip my teeth out. I just like bit down. It was like... Because it was the all caramel one, and it had frozen yeah. completely. And I thought, well, I, I had to be really quick because my friend was still sleeping, and it was only like just sunrise. It was like, yeah. 
I love, I love, you know what? Yeah. Not, not, not expecting it as a bad thing, but I love it when a candy bar is like that, where you have a hard time getting into it. You know, when yeah. it's so frozen and you're like, I got to chew on it a little bit to get anywhere with it. Yeah, but it's, I love a, it. it's a different story when you think it's going to, like, your teeth oh, are yeah. going to go right through it. And then you almost shatter them in a cartoonish style. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, you know, my, my wife always gets on my case because she says that I, I love old man candy. Um, because, like, my, my, my favorite. We get ageist to, about food. <laughs> I, I just know that, like. My one of my favorite candy bars is the Heath bar. I love yeah. Heath. It's which one's Heath? Have I had that? It's before? like toffee. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like it's crunchy and it's chocolatey and and I think it's caramelly oh, as well. I don't fucking know. That but that looks a lot like a dime bar that we have over here. Okay, I love I love those and a, and I love I like. I don't, I won't, I like my candy to be a little bit crunchy. So that's why I'm into Twix and Kit Kat and, and stuff like that. Cause I like They're a little, good a little bit of crunch, but, but my, my only gripe, and this is the same gripe I have about Butterfinger, which I also love is that they get too stuck in your teeth. Yeah. Um, but, but that's why I've come up with the system of how I eat those. I eat them like they're individual candies where I will take a bite and I will just let it marinate in my mouth. Uh. The heat, it's a, that is a, woo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get one right now. <laughs> Stra- strategic. I like it. That reminds it's, me of my, uh, I, <laughs> mul- that reminds me of my Maltesers tactic. You ever had those? Maltesers? It's essentially, it's essentially a whopper. Yeah. 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 You, it, what I like to do is I like to lightly pierce the chocolate skin and oh, let man. the saliva do the, do the work. We, and then it just I melts. Think, I think we have just figured out why we're such a good team on this yeah. podcast because we approach strategy our, our, our sweets <laughs> in the same way. Like yeah. I don't ever want I don't ever like I like Maltesers, I think maybe a little bit more than Whoppers, but nothing beats an actual malted milk ball, like a one of the big ones you have to get like a regular candy store. Like yeah. that is the best to me. But but because there's a thicker it's it's bigger and there's a thicker layer of chocolates. So you get to do that little the little piercing thing a little bit longer and it's yeah. a lot more satisfying. Anyway, welcome to Candy Talked. Yeah. Candy Talk. Um <laughs> Yeah. I don't know yeah, what, I don't is, know what a good name for that would be. I I have a quick question cuz like this popped up and I, I it's okay. just like it's on my mind. Here's like a like a like a bulk set of uh chocolate bars we have over here i want to know if you have them over there the okay. cadbury flake we have cadbury stuff but i don't know about the flake that doesn't ring any bells the the flake you know like in an ice cream you get uh, the flake you guys have that over there like no. you know you get like the soft serve ice cream and then like the is that not a thing where you are what's the flake is it like a is it like it's, something it, crunchy that's stuck in the it, top it's it's like if you took like a sheet of chocolate and repeatedly like rolled it over itself so that it's like, Oh, it is hang on. Wait, I know I'm what you're really talking interested. about. I know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about, but we don't, that's not a normal thing we have over here. No. Ah, right. Yeah. You can just buy that straight up as, as okay. a bar, uh, arrow, the Nestle arrow. That's I don't like, I think I know what that is. It's like bubbles on the inside. It's like chocolatey, but like bubbly. Oh, cool. Nope, never had that. <laughs> well, 
I'm I, I'm like gearing up to send you this whole hamper because I want you to experience oh, please, this. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kinder Bueno. You got the Bueno? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and okay. we didn't have those until recently. The Kinder Bueno started to show up maybe a few years ago over here in in, in Texas anyway. Um, I but know now you guys ha- got the regular. You guys got that weird regulation where you can't have Kinder Surprise eggs, right? They have modified versions of them they sell in the U.S. now, but it's not the ah, same okay. way. The toy, the toy's not inside the chocolate. I see. It's does, you open does it up, come you with like up, a QR code up, or something. You, you, you open up the egg, and there's two separate parts you have to open. One is where the candy is, and one is where the toy is. I so that's see. That's how that's how they they updated it. Right. Okay. Uh, the Cadbury picnic. Once again, like, there's Cadbury stuff here, but I, the picnic doesn't sound familiar. You got the twirl. You got the Cadbury twirl. Honestly, when you say Cadbury, the only thing I think of is the eggs that we have at Easter. The cream. Oh, well, eggs. The, the cream eggs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the only it, Cadbury the, thing. And I think we can get a Cadbury bar, but I think it's just milk chocolate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause we yeah. got, we got the monopoly on that. Yeah. Um, you got the bounty bar. Ba- bounties is, over here. I don't even remember what those are, but I've seen those. We have those. Th- that's uh, coconut. Oh, I, yeah. I'm not into the coconut ones. No. We obviously you got Twix because you mentioned yep. Twix. Yep. You got Snickers. You got the mm-hmm. Mars bar. But Mar- yeah, we have Mars over here too. Mars bar. Kit Kat, obviously. We yep. we've got the Yorkie. Don't know if you have the Yorkie over there. As in the York uh, peppermint patty. No, no, no. It's 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 a yeah. It's a it's a chocolate um chocolate bar, but like all the segments are like big old chunky boys. Like oh nice. They, no, they I, don't are. Think, I don't think we have that. You got Galaxy. If we like do, really I've never s- tried it. The really smooth one, and then you got M and M's Maltesers. Of course, you got Galaxy. M&Ms. Is it like a Milky Way or a, or a Three Musketeers? Do you have those over there? Yeah, uh, we've got. <sighs> It, it 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 depends where you go. If you're going for like a a standard convenience store, we we got Milky Way, but I don't know if it's it's different over here because it it's like fluffy white marshmallow fluff kind of inside. Oh no, here, it's a little different. It's a little different over here. That's more. I feel like that's more like a Three Musketeers over here. Yeah. Um, interesting i'm enjoying this tangent <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like come for the heart stay for the sweets talk yeah um yeah yeah well, that's, i have that's, to see if i can hook you up with one of these hampers dude because they, they we could do an episode on this <laughs> we let's work that out where we can maybe do one for each other and we will send them and then we'll do um because I've yeah. looked into it before because my wife's brought up that we should do it. And I was like, well, I don't know how, how the shipping works with that stuff. And is it going to end up all melted in the end? Like, how does that work? <laughs> or do I have like, to I, order Do I have to order an assortment of American candy that ships from somewhere in the UK? You know? Oh, dude, I've just found on Amazon that for the price of 23 quid, I could get... A tin of Cabri Roses, a tin of Quality Street, a tin of Heroes, and a tin of Celebrations. I know we've talked about these in the past. These are festive icons of this country. But you'd also have to uh, pay for shipping to America. Yeah. (laughs) I'd do it. I'd do it for the show, and I'd do it for my boy. All Um, right. 
let's work that out. That's the event was coming soon at some point. We're gonna have a um a Do sweet the ultimate trade-off. Ult- ultimate quality street ranking is what I want to get into. I want to dive oh. into that. Okay. Because that that's that fucking sweets lineup is like a discography in in itself. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's get let's work on that. We'll figure that out. Maybe that'll be something in the new year that we uh we get going. But um, coming in at number five, we got the green Mercedes emblem looking one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll um, be fun. All right. So that's been sweets talk. Um. And then uh, uh, next time, whenever we come back, will be Heart Part 2 with the top eight. Um, So Peanut Butter Platypus to all of you. If you're new, Peanut Butter Platypus is just a weird thing that I don't even remember how we came up with it. um, That we say basically referring to those (laughs) of you who make it through an entire episode and enjoy our, our babbling and shit. Yeah. Talking about sweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm telling you, I want I, if we if we were that kind of of podcast where we had a lot of you know support and money, we would already have made peanut butter platypus kind of like a kind of like a chocolate bunny for Easter or whatever. Yeah, it would be a peanut butter in the shape of a platypus. Um, by by Reese's, what happened? Do you hear that rain? A little bit, yeah. Holy shit. All right. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's let's end this before uh, you get um, washed away. Washed away, um, yeah. <laughs> um all right. So yeah, thanks everybody for being here. We'll be back next time with Heart Part 2. Um and as usual, I throw it over to Eddie Sparks to take us out. Dun, 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 Later, dude. This I'll show you what. Oh, we might get we might get claimed. Copyright. Oh, later, dude. All right. Bye, everyone. Ha, 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 ha.